Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This episode is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs, pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events. If you head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code, which is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards, betonline.ag, where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for uh, for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, we have an old friend stopping by. I feel like the last little bit, old friends have been coming by. Uh, Max Muncy stops by, and, uh, and we're going to chop it up about all things shop. Uh, so without further ado, here is Max Muncy. And stopping by the Carnazada, uh, for a few minutes is uh, someone that joined us last year around this time too. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of fitting that we have him join. Uh, Max Muncy. Max, how you doing? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Uh, so obviously, you know, last year ended the way that it did, and we're moving on, and it's it's a new year. Looks like it's a youth movement, and uh, and I I'm pretty excited about it. I wanted to ask you. I mean, you're at the forefront of it all. Uh, who are you the most excited to see come up? Because there's some some young guys that have, have been kind of uh, making headlines here and there, and and now we finally get to see them do the thing. Who are you excited to see? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of guys that I'm real excited about. Um, you know, I think uh, I think Gavin Stone. Um, you know, that that's a guy that uh, we brought him up last year to throw to us uh, before the playoffs, and um, you know, I thought he could have pitched for us in that series. I thought he was really really good. Um, you know obviously the numbers speak for themselves last year. Hopefully he can uh, keep it going this year and there's not any regression. Um, uh, you know, I think obviously Vargi, um, you know, from the position player standpoint, Vargi, I think he's going to be a special bat. Um, you know, the guy can really, really hit. He's got it in his blood. And, uh, uh, you know, I've talked about it before that the most impressive thing to me about Vargi is just, you know, his willingness to show up to the field and work and listen and, and learn from the older guys and, um, you know, he's always there early. He was always there in the cage, just watching guys go about their business, learning their routines, learning how he could implement that to his own routine and uh, trying to figure out what will what work best for him. And, you know, to me, I was very impressed by that just for a young guy to already have that kind of mentality of just, uh, you know, what can I do to get better? And he, he was definitely doing that. Last year, we saw obviously Vargy, we saw James Outman come up uh, and a couple other, you know, Ryan Pepio, all these guys come up. Uh, out of all those guys, aside from Vargi that you mentioned, who kind of who who kind of wowed you a little bit once they were able to get in that environment and get going? Um, you know, I thought uh, you know, kind of a maybe under the radar name. I thought Michael Grove performed very well for us. Um, 
you know, just the, the way I saw him conduct his business on the mound, I thought was very impressive. Uh, he wasn't scared of anything. He attacked. He trusted his stuff. And on, on top of that, he listened to what, you know, the coaches were telling him and, um, you know, how could he make his stuff better? And I feel like every time that he went down and came back up, you could see that he was clearly working on those things. And each time he pitched, he got better. And, you know, towards the end of the year, he kind of, you know, he got a couple of starts in a row for us. And I thought he performed very, very well. No, and, that, and that's a great under the under the radar name and, and guy because he, he's got stuff, right? He's got stuff and and it's transcending at that level. And, and I, I agree with you. I think uh, that he, he put some starts together that uh, that that was showing some stuff. Uh, I want to ask you one, one thing, uh, you know, last year, obviously, well documented with the struggles uh, and, and you've talked about it a little bit. How did the step back come about? Because I, obviously me, I, I'm not a hitter. But the step back, that even watching you, I was telling these guys earlier before we, uh, we 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 were talking shop with you. I watched the video, and it's kind of it kind of messes with you when you watch it at first because it's very unorthodox and unconventional. And I know other guys in the lineup do it, but uh, but how did it come about? Uh, it's just you know we identified the problem that I was having, um, which stemmed from my elbow. My you know when I came back from my elbow, it it got healthy, it got strong, and then. Um, you know, I was I was doing a, a motion in my swing that I thought was good and comfortable, but uh, at the end of the day, it was only what felt comfortable um, and when it wasn't actually the right thing to be doing. So I was working uphill. My elbow was constantly getting down um, and I wasn't able to work to the top of the baseball. And we knew that was the problem very early on and we were trying to fix it. It's just we couldn't find anything to stick. Uh, and that's the frustrating thing with baseball is you can identify the problem. Um, it's just not, not always an easy solution. So you know, I mean, starting in like late April and May, we were in the, you know, cage and early work and we were doing things to try and fix that. And as soon as we got into the game, I couldn't get anything to stick. It just, you know, it was just a force of habit and we couldn't break it and it was bad. And, um, you know, we, we were doing everything we could to try and fix it. And you know, my cage work would be great. I'd be doing everything that I needed to be doing. Uh, you know, I'd be working downhill. I'd be, you know, everything was perfect. And as soon as we got in the game, it just reverted back. And so, um, you know, for several months, we were trying to fix it. And we eventually just kind of threw our hands up and it got to a point where um, we started trying some radical ideas. Um, you know, we were trying everything from, you know, hitting like Ichiro to, um, the, you know, Jeff Bagwell to just just all these different all these different stances and things. And, you know, eventually we were in Colorado and, um, you know, we said, well, why don't, what, you know, let's try just being a little antsy in the batter's box, you know, act like Nolan, um, you know, because we were in Colorado. And so Nolan came up and, you know, Nolan's one of the most twitchy guys in the league. He's always moving around and uh, he actually has a step back in his swing too, but uh, he's, he's moving so much. You don't necessarily notice it, but um, he does do one. And so we tried to mimic him a little bit and, uh, you know, I ended up putting my body in a perfect position and uh, um, in the cage. And so we said, well, let's just take it out to the game and we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we can't get any worse at this point. Um, and I think my first three at bats or something, I ended up hitting, you know, three low line drives, only got one hit out of it, but it was the fact that it was, you know, three low line drives that I hadn't really done that all year. And so we knew we kind of had something from there. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the original plan was it was just going to be a stop gap until I was able to, to fix it. And we ended up using it the rest of the year from that point. Uh, baseball, the game where whatever sticks works and you, and you just keep going with it. <laughs> exactly. Max, this is now going into year eight for you, right? Uh, I believe so. I'm not entirely sure on that. This, this sounds right. 
So in terms of you look back at at your first big league camp and what you did there to now what you're going going into this year has anything really changed have you changed your approach because it seems baseball players are such creatures of habit the routine is very important now that you are a so-called veteran do you look back at you go all right i don't need to do that so much i'm good um no the only thing i've changed is just uh, moving my schedule back a little bit. Um, you know, when you're a young guy coming into, um, you know, your first camp or two, you got to be ready to make that impression right away. Um, so you're, you know, you're starting your hitting program back in October, November. Um, you know, you're just, you're, you're doing anything you can to make sure you can make that impression right away. Whereas now I push it back just a little bit to where I know that spring is more of a getting me ready for the season type thing. Um, that's one of the things you are afforded as a veteran that, that you know, you're on the team and, um, you kind of need to do that just because of how long the season is when you're, you know, when you're using that extra month or two to try and get ready for spring, uh, it takes a toll on you come August and September. Um, so that's the only thing I've really changed. Other than that, I keep the, I keep the exact same mindset. Um, you know, I still show up like I have something to prove. It's just, uh, uh, you know, I just move my schedule back a little bit. So how counterproductive is it to, you know, you talk about all the analysis you do, the video, the everything that you're looking at. You you look back at how the season ended, so so you don't want to you don't want to make those same mistakes. When do you stop that and have the short term memory of like I got to move forward? I can't look back anymore. I need to focus on what's going to happen. I mean, that's that's baseball all the time. You can't ever look back. Um, you know, obviously it's hard in the off season to not kind of look at back at what happened and wonder where things went wrong. But, um, you know, you can't really afford to do that. You have to make sure you keep, keep moving forward. And so, uh, you know, with, especially in the game of baseball, you know, it's, it's the, one of the few sports where it's an every, every day type of grind. Um, you know, Hey, you went three for three the night before, congrats. You got another game where it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean Jack squat. You went over three. It doesn't matter. You have another game the next day. Um, you know, so it's, you hear it from, from players all the time. Every day you show up to the park, you're 0 for 0. It doesn't matter what you did the night before. It doesn't matter what you did two nights before. It doesn't matter what you did the week before. You might be in a 0 for 20 slump. You might be in a, a 10 for 13, um, you know, on fire streak. It doesn't matter because it can all change, you know, in the snap of a finger, especially in baseball. And it's, uh, um, you know, going back to asking if I changed my routine now, um, you know, it's one of those things that we've always kind of laughed about is, uh, you know, when is the proper time to start hitting? Because um, we talk about in the season, you know, if you find something in, in July, right, you're, you're grinding away and you find something in July, it lasts you maybe a week at most. And then you're right back into having to find something again. So, you know, when's the right time to start your hitting program? Because if, if say you find something in December, well, <laughs> congrats, you still got three more months until the season comes along. So it's like, if you can't even get something to stick for more than a week in the season, you know, then then when should you, should you start hitting in the off season? But, um, you know, for, for a lot of guys, they, they have to find that sweet spot for them. You know, one of the things I really admire about you is the transparency that you get with you. Like, I feel like you literally are genuine and you say the way it is. And, you know, the first half of the season was not so hot, but the second half of the season, you, you were on fire. I go back to that game in Philadelphia 
when, when you guys lost, and then afterwards, you were blaming yourself for losing the game. And I'm sitting there, I felt so bad because I was like, dude, you're not the reason why you guys lost the game. But it's like you took accountability for like the whole team. And I, I, it's rare that I feel that I see so many players take that accountability, especially when dealing with the media. Where, where does that come from? Uh, that's just the way I was raised. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I give my dad credit for that one. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, you, you can't, you can't put the blame on anyone else. It's, it's, you know, um, if you want to be the guy, you got to take credit for when things go good or bad. It's just, it's, it doesn't matter. You have to make sure you stay the same. And, um, you know, I just, the, I, the one thing that's bugged me the most is when you always see that, um, you know, something happens and a guy wants to blame everyone else over it. Um, you know, sometimes there are certain conditions that you can use in as, as an excuse, um, whether it's the weather or the field or something, you know, sometimes there is an actual excuse, but when people are blaming other people and it's like, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so didn't allow me to get into this groove or, you know, so-and-so is not, you know, playing me at this point or at this position or batting me at this spot in the lineup, you know, I, that's something that's always irked me when guys have complaints like that. It's, it's, you know, it's just, you gotta, you gotta own up to your, to your own mistakes and you gotta be able to accept it and you gotta be able to learn from it and get better. And uh, you know, the, the best players in the world, just they, they learn the most from their mistakes and they learn how not to make those mistakes again. They don't blame the mistakes on something else and expect it to change. I heard you give a lot of credit to your teammates for the first half of the season for lifting you up, saying, hey, man, we know you're going to come through. We, we know we're going to depend on you towards the end of the season. <laughs> did you I'm pretty sure you did because Dave Roberts is a player's manager. But what is that relationship with a, between a player and a manager where where you're going through a funk and you're starting to think, how much rope is this guy going to give me? Is there going to be a time where they're going to come up to me and say, hey, man, we got to go in a different direction. It's not working out. No, it's always in the back of your head, I feel like. Um, you know, you're always thinking about that. But it's just, uh, you know, when you have everyone coming up and, and, and making sure that they have your back, it's it makes it a little bit easier to keep that thought out of your head. Um, and that's the whole reason of them doing that is because they understand it because, you know, they go through it too. Um, you know, everyone has a little little thought in the back of their head. And so when, when everyone's coming up trying to squash that for you, it's, 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 it's easy to show up and know that, hey, if I focus on getting better, um, I know what kind of role I'm going to have with this team. If I show up and, you know, just, just you know, if I, if I work as hard as I can and do things the right way and I know that everyone's going to have my back, we're going to come out of this. Um, there's a reason why you're on this team. Uh, you know, up and down the roster, whether it's the bullpen, starting staff, you know, starting players, bench players, there's a reason why you're on the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it's not because you're a bad player. Um, you know, that we're not a team that's rebuilding. We're not a team that's trying to get guys to find a little spark and trade them at the deadline. That's not what we do. You know, you're on this team because you can help the team win. Um, and so if you're struggling right now, we know you can turn it around. That's just everyone's got that mentality in the clubhouse. You know, you've always been very open about the mental aspect of the game and how hard it is to play this game. You guys are out there playing it every single day, and this is a game of failure. The majority of the time, you're not going to be successful. Why is it so difficult for players to discuss the mental aspect and be as open as you are? Uh, you know, I think... Uh, uh, I think... For a lot of players, there's probably a little bit of um, 
you know, they they might think talking about the mental side makes them a little weak. Um, you know, no one wants to admit that there's struggles in this game. And um, I think there might be a lot of that. I think a lot of it is just, you know, some players haven't realized that that's what they're going through. And, uh, uh, you know, that was something that I had to realize was that I was going through a little mental funk. And, um, you know, it still happens all the time. But, you know, half the time that you're in a slump, it's because of what's going on in your head. It's not because of what's going on with your mechanics. And, uh, you know, that's happened to me plenty of times before. I'll sit there and look at the film all day long. And it's like, man, my swing looks exactly as it did a month ago. What's going on? Well, it's because you think something's wrong. Um, you know, that's the whole point of having routines is if you're showing up and doing the same thing, whether you're hitting good or hitting bad, um, you know, that eliminates some of the stuff that you can, you know, blame for what's happening. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, to me, it's just, I think you have to man up to it sometimes. I uh, uh, wanted to give you congratulations. I know you got another uh, another edition coming, so so congratulations to you and your wife. The last time we talked, you were not a dad yet. You were you were close. I, I wanted to ask you because you're 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 an elite patient person. You're probably the most patient baseball player I have ever seen on a on a diamond. Uh, with the fatherhood aspect of it, has that changed any of the psyche with that as well? Um. You know, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, becoming a father is the greatest thing that's probably ever happened to me. Um, you know, it's incredible. And just, just watching watching my little girl grow up and, the, you know, the, the new things that she does every single day. And it, it does seem like it's every single day she's doing something new. And it's, uh, um, you know, I, I get up in the morning and I go to workouts and, and, and do my baseball stuff. And then when I come home, it's like she's doing something completely different than the day before. And it's like, well, what, 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 what happened? You know, it's uh it, it's it's incredible just to watch how much you know human beings can change in in such a short time and it's it, it's really fun and it's uh you know it, it does change your mentality a little bit it makes you realize that there's you know especially when it comes to baseball there is more than baseball um you know going over three may sound like the worst thing in the world but you know you still get to come home to your family and you get to you know be a dad and it, it does change your mentality a little bit but um you know, we are, we are players at the top of our game at, you know, uh, we're, we're the best in the world and it's, you don't ever want to fail. Um, but it, it does make it a little bit easier. Well, and also if we're being completely honest, uh, if I had daughters, I would, I would get soft. I can just tell you that right. I have two boys and obviously we rough house and do all that stuff. But obviously if I had two daughters, mindset would be different. And I see it with my dad, my dad's probably the most, the largest red ass that I know. And uh, and he has two daughters. And when it comes to them, no, he crumbles. He crumbles. So so I so yeah. I completely get it. Yeah, you do anything for him. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and truthfully, you know, I mean that's that's why we go about the, the format we go with is because you guys are human at the end of the day too, right? Like there's there's the baseball player, but then there's you know actual Maxwell Muncie, right? The the guy, the 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 dude, the dad, right? The husband, you know. And and I yeah, think that's most... one thing people forget. It's one percent of what you are. Yeah. Well, most people don't don't tend to know the other person. They just know what you see on the field and that's kind of all they care about. Um, but you know, that's, that's, that's people's rights though. Um, that's, that's what we signed up for as, as, as athletes, you know, for any sport that's, you know, it's not, it's not an easy business and it's not meant to be easy. Um, you know, that's, we, you know, the risks when you, when you sign up. And so that's what you get. It's like I tell my kids all the time, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. (laughs) Um, 
I I wanted to ask you though, and, and again, it goes back to that mental thing. You're incredibly patient. Like your 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 eye rate and all that is is elite. And and I wanted to know, what, you know, just how you've been able to maintain that level of patience as you've you know you've grown. Because I know you always hear, oh, the more you play the game, the slower it gets and stuff like that. Um, um, it, yeah, I think it's just it's game planning for me. Um, you know, people are always like, well, how, how'd you not chase that pitch? You know, well, it's cause that's not the pitch I'm looking for. Um, and you know, the, a lot of times it's uh, that's what, that's what will get me in trouble a lot too. And especially, uh, last year, you know, last year, you're obviously, you're trying to figure out what's going on with your swing, what's going on with your body. And then, um, you know, you had, you still have your game plan and then they're pitching you a different way and it kind of just throws you off completely. Um, but you know, that's just, that's always what I've accounted, uh, um, you know, my eye to is that I just have, you know, a certain game plan going in. I'm looking for a certain pitch. And if it's not, and if it's not the pitch in the area that I want to swing at, then I'm not going to swing at it. And, you know, you can't be afraid to take strikes sometimes. And um, I know that's like the biggest thing is no one wants to take a strike, but it's, you know, sometimes you take a strike to get a pitch. Um, you know, if he throws a good pitch, sometimes it, so what uh, you got to take your chance that he's not gonna be able to do it again. A lot of times they can, but uh, you know, you got to take your chance. Fair. Uh, looking ahead, like we were talking about a minute ago, th- I, I honestly think this team is going to be still good. I think if, if anything, obviously everyone loaded up, that's how the off season goes. Uh, the Dodgers also made some moves. Uh, I, I feel pretty good about this team looking ahead. How do you feel about this team going into 2023? I feel great. You know, we're going to be a really good team. We're still the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I know we didn't make the huge splashes that a lot of these other teams are making, but, uh, that's because we don't have to make the splash. We already have, uh, we already have a, an extremely good team in place. Um, and, and, you know, I know we're losing a couple of pieces, but we also still have, the, you know, the best minor league system in baseball. And those guys, you know, the, it, it's, it's about time for them to come up and, and start making their impact. And I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we always, you, you got to always keep in mind that with a long season, people are going to need breaks. People are going to get hurt. Um, and, that's where, you know, we've always had such an advantage over other teams is that when our guys get hurt, we have these young guys coming up and filling in, um, you know, now they just got to fill in for a little bit of a larger role than just, uh, you know, the occasional spots that we're going to be counting on them a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they'll be up for the challenge. And, um, you know, I think a, a lot of those guys are going to struggle. Um, that's, that's, that's what happens at first, but, you know, I think they're good enough that they'll be able to figure it out and make the adjustments. And um, I think they're going to come up huge for us. You're a hundred percent right. There's, there was, I mean, you were there, you were a part of it where there was the log jam of guys, right? The Jock Petersons, the ICL Puigs, you know, some of those guys. And now you just got to let them rip. You got to see what they got and, and see what they can do. But I feel like this team counterbalances each other with the veterans and, and the guys. You're now, uh, you know, you're a statesman. You're, you're one of the guys right in, in that clubhouse. Uh, and, and you, you strike me as the type of guy that doesn't take that responsibility lightly. Is that fair to assume? Yeah. Uh, with that, you know, you, you know, you, you had your major leaguer, you had your guy, uh, you know, a lot of people always want to know, how do you go about, you know, showing the younger guys how to be a major leaguer? Um, you know, I think, you know, what's funny is when I came up, it really wasn't that long ago, but it was just such a different time in the sport of baseball. Um, you know, when I came up, when you were a young guy, it was, you know, you were carrying the older guys bags. You were the last one on the elevator. You were, sitting in the very back of the bus, you know, you were, you had to get to the field before the team bus showed up. Um, You know, just little things like 
it was such a different time when I came up and it really wasn't that long ago. Whereas, you know, now they've kind of gotten rid of a lot of that. And I think it's for the better. Um, but for me, it's just, uh, I feel like you make, you make an impact by just showing them how to do things, you know, and not necessarily just saying, Hey, watch me. It's more, Hey, I'm going to show up and do my routine. I'm going to be there whatever time I get there, which for me, I'm always there. I'm always an early guy. So I'm always at the field early and I'm always in the cage early and I'm always doing my stuff early. And I feel like that's how you make an, make an impact on the younger players is when they see, uh, you know, like I always talk about our, our young pitchers when they come up and uh, you know, when they're showing up to the field and you know, if they're getting there at, you know, at 12, 12, 31, whatever time they get there. And, you know, there's extremely loud music coming from the weight room and, kind of going well what's going on and you walk over there and you see kershaw just absolutely getting after it um you know that that kind of that kind of shows a lot to those guys when they're saying oh man kershaw's already here getting his work in and getting and trying to get better and he's been in the league for you know 14 15 years he's the first bat hall of famer you know it kind of to me that sets, sets the example right away is when you you know you have your top guy that that's doing early work and and you know not taking things for granted because of who he is, you know, I feel like that sets the best example. And so that's kind of always the page that I've been on is, you know, if you're, if you're there and you're doing your work and you're doing your routine, you're, you're preparing the right way and you're not taking any days off, you know, you just, you just set the example that way. And then, you know, if you have to have a conversation with someone, you have to have a conversation with them, but uh, you just, you know, you set the example yourself. Uh, it's fair to say that your clubhouse is a, is a player's grand clubhouse. Dave is pretty hands-off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk about that with Dave. With Dave, you know, I I feel like Dave gets shit on so much in an unfair way that it's just it's if if you really knew, you know, right? Um, with Dave, in my opinion, Dave's an elite manager because he, he lets you know the kid gloves are earned on. He lets the thing go, um, and again, he gets bashed for it. But that's a tough job too because you're managing the the likes of Max Muncy, the likes of Clayton Kershaw, you know, other guys. Uh, the, the respect that you guys have, I know is monumental, but, but Dave doesn't get, you know, he's like Eminem. He doesn't get the props he deserves. Uh, so, you know, I, so I feel like doc's an unbelievable manager and uh, he definitely does not get the credit that he deserves. And um, I know everyone likes to question some moves that he makes, but people don't realize why he's making those moves. Um, he's not just making them to make them, you know, he, he, he makes certain moves because he's always talking to the players you know, if, if we're in a game in July and, you know, he didn't pinch hit somebody or he didn't bring someone in from the bullpen and, you know, maybe they've, they're fresh or whatever. And people will automatically just assume he's making a dumb decision by not bringing them in. Well, maybe he's talking to them, right? Maybe they got something going on at home or maybe, maybe they're feeling a little sick or maybe they're feeling a little tired. You know, you know, Doc's always in there talking with, with, with everybody. Um, you know, he, he, he makes his rounds. He's always checking in on everybody. Hey, what, you know, what's going on at home? How's your family doing? your kid's been sick or, uh, you know, how, how's your wife doing? Is she feeling okay? You guys are going through it. You're not going through it. You know, he's always making decisions based on more than just baseball. And that's because he cares about everybody. And, he, you know, that's what makes to me, what makes him an unbelievable manager. He's not just going, you know, by the Excel spreadsheet that a lot of these uh, managers are going by nowadays. He's, he, he's making, you know, moves based on the human beings. And, you know, I, he, he'll never admit that. And, um, you know, people will never see the reasons why he makes certain moves. But, uh, you know, I know that everyone in the clubhouse always is always behind him 100 percent. And, you know, it's just uh, he, he does so much more than just manage baseball. He, he's managing human beings. And that's 
Um, it's very rare to see. And to me, he's just, you know, I think he's, he's one of the best managers and yeah, he definitely doesn't get the credit he deserves. And, you know, I think uh, he'll say that he doesn't need it. Um, And, you know, I I think, I think he's right. He, uh, he doesn't need the credit, but he, he, he knows as long as he's got everyone, you know, as long as everyone's got his back in the clubhouse, which we always do. I think he's always the, to me, to him, that's really all that matters. Um, Does he have, you know, does he have the support from the team? Is he making the right decisions? We always tell him that he is. Max, it always seems that when it comes to baseball, everybody wants to make things black and white, and that's just not the way it is. There's a lot of gray involved. There's you, You've lost some teammates this past year. You, you lost Justin Scherner. Uh, it, it not, uh, let me rephrase that. They're no longer with the team. They're, <laughs> they're somewhere else. I, that sounded really morbid. I'm sorry it came off that way. But... I feel like there's always this, when it comes to sports, there's got to be this intensity, right? Like it's us versus them. We hate them. But yet you have these relationships. I mean, you played with these guys for a long time. They're your friends. I'm sure there's former teammates that you've played with. When you come across them, there's still going to be that. It's like you guys still played on the same team, right? Yeah. It's uh that's where the business part of it is always, is always tough. Um, you know, decisions get made for, you know, any number of reasons and um, guys will be on other teams. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always tricky because, you know, you spend a hundred and well, if you include spring training, you spend, you know, well over 200 days seeing these guys every single day for, you know, 10 hours a day almost. And it's just, uh, you know, you you kind of, you develop uh, uh, relationships with them and just, um, you know, you just, the you know the clubhouse is such a unique um place it, it's hard to explain uh you know you just every day you come in and you're seeing the same guys and you know you develop routines with guys and you develop you know relationships and friendships and um it, it, it's one of those things where you just it's hard to explain but you do it every single day and then all of a sudden you know a piece of that's not there anymore you know another piece is not there you bring in a new piece and so it's like uh, it, it's always weird. And then you see them on the other team and you're kind of like, man, that guy used to be over here. You know, that guy used to be in the locker right next to me and I saw him every day and now I'm playing against them. Um, you know, you just kind of, you, you kind of, you have such, you know, inside relationships with these guys. And, you, you know, when they go on another team, it's hard to almost, uh, you know, it's almost hard to kind of keep a competitive edge with them because you're almost out there just having fun. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you got to win the game. You mentioned the business aspect of it. You have a, a play, uh, no, a team option next year, right? In 2024. Yes. Now, I don't know. I mean, again, us at work, we, we have our jobs. I'm sure there are some jobs that you're contracted and you don't know where you're going to be. That's got to be kind of nerve wracking, doesn't it? I mean, you've you've established your routines. You have a life to know, wait am I going to be here next year? Like how far do you plan it in advance? How is that? How do you cope with that? Um, you know, for me, it's always been, you got to worry about the day at hand, you know, you can only control what you can control. And, uh, um, you know, if you worry about outside, outside things, it's, that's when you get in trouble. So for me, it's always been, you got to show up and worry about when in that day. Um, you know, you got to show up and worry about, you know, whether it's the Pirates or the Padres or the Rockies, whoever it is you're playing, you got to worry about them that day. Not not for the series, not 
uh, you know, who you're playing in a week. You got to show up and worry about that person that day, um, you know, that pitcher that day or, you know, that play that day. Um, that, that's kind of how I've always focused on it. Uh, I will admit it is getting a little bit harder now that, you know, I've, my family's growing and you kind of want to be, you know, have your roots in one place. And, um, you know, that's always difficult when you see guys that have, um, you know, they have big families and it's like, well, now we got to pick up and move to a whole nother place. And, um, you know, it takes, takes tolls on people, but, uh, you know, for me, it, I've always tried to focus on just taking things one day at a time. And, um, you know, we, have, I do have a team option for next year. And obviously I hope, that turns into something more than just a, a team option. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think I control my own destiny there. If I show up and play well, I think we can make something happen, but, um, you know, but if I show up and play bad, it's, uh, uh you know, I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be there. So, uh, I think I control my own destiny on that one. And, uh, um, I think the best way to just focus on that is you, you just got to focus on, on one day. You can only control what you can control. You can't, can't control anything else. I want to segue you. uh, Last time you were on the show, you spoke so glowingly about playing for the Charros. And it was so funny. We we told Eric Caros that you played for the Charros, and he didn't believe us. He didn't think you you played in the Mexican League. And we're like, no, he told us. He played there. And and you talked about the environment, right, how the fans are and all that stuff. The World Baseball Classic is coming. And for the first time since they've held this tournament, I feel like there is a palpable excitement to it. The U.S. team is stacked. We all know that the Dominicans and the Puerto Ricans always load up their teams. Is this maybe turning? Is this tournament starting to turn? I'm not saying it's going to get to World Cup levels yet. I wish it would. Uh, but w- what are your thoughts on that? And did the U.S. team ask you to play for them this year? Um, first off, no, I was not asked. Um, if I was, I would probably 100% jump in. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever to wear a Team USA jersey. Um, but, uh, I think, I think it is turning a little bit. I mean, you're seeing, you know, in the past, it was always one of those things where guys would turn it down. Um, right. like, no, I'm, you know, I got to get ready for the season, you know, whatever their excuses were, but a lot of guys turned it down where now I feel like you're seeing all these guys accept the invitation. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know why the reason that is. Um, I think it's exciting though. It's, uh, uh, I think that I think if anything, this is one event that can really help the sport grow. Um, you know, it, it just when it becomes an international event, it's just I feel like you're just it's it's much larger audiences. You can really help the sport grow. Um, you know, it, and that's something that we really need. Speaking of uh, the sport growing, uh, as you know, the shift has been banned, and I was curious on I, I we've heard it from all the angles, right? But I don't think I, I recall hearing that from a guy that plays. Wanted to hear from you. What do you think of the shift being banned? Is it good? Is it bad? Doesn't matter. Um, I'm excited about it um, for multiple reasons. One, offensively, I'm excited about it. Uh, and, you know, not seeing a guy. I think the biggest difference to me will be the guy not being able to stand in the outfield. Um, having to play on the dirt, I think, will be a huge difference. And then also the shortstop not being able to be on the right side of second for me. You know, I feel like, you know, the, the ball that you roll over in the hole, I never felt like you should be able to get a hit for that one. Um, you know, that's just always been my opinion. But when I do what I've been training my whole life to do and I hit a rocket right up the middle and then the guy's just standing there, like that's the one that's always really irritated me. 
Uh, you know, your whole life you're just taught to hit the ball up the middle, hit the ball up the middle, hit it right back at the pitcher. Well, that's an out now. Uh, it doesn't work anymore. And so uh, I'm hoping that with the shift being banned, I mean, I know they can still play up the middle, but they have to be on the left side a second. So yeah. I'm hoping there are, um, you know, a few more hits there. Um, and then, you know, the guy not being in the outfield is going to be big. You know, I, I think of, you know, when we play the Padres and Manny is playing shallow right field. And, uh, you know, I think a couple of years ago, Manny actually dove for a ball and his glove hit the wall on me. That's how far, that's, that's how deep he is playing. I hit a line drive and he dove for a ball and his glove hit the wall and I ended up getting a double out of it. But it was like, man, in no world should that not be a hit. Like, yeah. you know, just in, in these teams have gotten so good at where to play players that, um, you know, it was becoming extremely hard to get a hit. It's just, you know, it's, there's always a guy standing right where you're hitting the ball, even if you're hitting it hard. And, you know, that that's where baseball is a really tough sport. You can do everything right and hit a ball perfectly, and guess what? There's a guy standing right there. Not anymore because that guy's either <laughs> has to be on the left or the right side of that bag. And now, I honestly, it, when, when they when they banned it, you were one of the guys that I thought of because, like you said, you've, you've been doing the thing you've been trained to do your entire life, hit it up the middle, but there was a guy there. And uh, yeah, and I think uh, I think that's going to be beneficial. I got one I'm more from also, you. Also, I'm also excited for it on a defensive standpoint. Um, <laughs> you know, I just feel like you um, you're going to start to see you know players their defensive ability come out a little bit more now because um, you know in the in the past it was uh, you know I can think about when I was playing first base. Um, you know, I think I never had. Uh, on those, those metric numbers, which I don't, I couldn't care less about those. I think I never had good metrics at first base because, you know, we, we shifted guys so well that, you know, when we had Kike playing second, I knew what kind of range he had. So any ball hits my right, I let him get it. And that would cost me a negative point on the, uh, you know, on the, uh, the metric scale or however it is they use it just because I've let the second baseman get it instead of me getting it. And it's like, well, I don't care about that. We're getting the play done. And so I think you'll start to see some defensive ability coming out, from a lot more guys just because there's not going to be as much overlap. You know, I can, I can think of times when playing third last year, Trey would be about two steps to my left and then two steps to his left would be Lux playing, you know, and it's like, you don't have, you don't get to use any of any range at all. It's like, if the ball's hit right at you, you just field it. And if it's not the guy next to you is going to get it. No, hundred percent. I, and I saber metrics are in my fight club because I feel like it, it disrespects guys value, like with things like you just laid out right there. Right. But, well, uh, there's also so many ways to game the system too. Yep, you know, yep. like with outfielders, if you play on the warning track, you get extra points for always catching a ball running in. Um, you know, it, it's just there's there's so many ways to game the system, and I just don't care about any of that. No, no, I, I'm in the same boat as you, but I am excited though because we we actually we just talked to one of your former teammates about this, Joe Kelly, uh, that there's going to be gloves coming back, right? Like there's going to be guys that are that are dudes that they're elite at that like i i have i will never stand for omar Vizquel slander and i and i hate it because people call him a an accumulator and all this and that it's like yeah but have you seen the dude's glove like there's there's not another glove like that right so so that i'm excited for that to come back because it's baseball and so and and like the same get out of here with saber metrics man i don't even get me started <laughs> with that it, it pisses me off so bad uh I have one more from you and then, and then and I'll throw to Juan. I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously normally we end the show asking about tacos. I wanted to ask you what is playing on the Max Muncy playlist right now, because I know you're about to approach that point where you're going to watch YouTube repeatedly with your children. So, so I know you got to maximize that max time too. Um, 
So in terms of like what shows or what uh, music, just music that you're music? listening to. Yeah. Uh, I've been getting kind of big into podcasts when I drive to my workouts, um, you know, every morning it just, uh, um, you know, it, it just kind of interests me. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. Um, you know, a lot of good topics. Uh, you know, I was just listening to a Joe Rogan one with a couple of, um, um, I think their name was Sam and Colby. They're ghost hunters. Oh yeah. 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 That was and, you, know, yeah. you just, it's stuff that I would never think about on my own. And it, it, it's, just, it's just interesting to me, you know, you just, you know, and I've listened to so many different podcasts from different creators and it's just, you know, it's just fun. There's so many, there's so many things out there that I know absolutely nothing about. Um, <laughs> And, and it's just, uh, it, people love doing that kind of stuff, you know, and it's, I just, I find it very interesting. Uh, there, a podcast I would suggest just throwing this out there aside from the bleed Los podcast, obviously I have to do the shameless plug, uh, nice. the, the scariest case you've never heard of, uh, uh, is this episode, or I'm sorry, this podcast called conviction. It's a, uh, a Spotify original. Check it out because it's again, it's something I would never think of. And then you listen to it, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Uh, okay. So, so I would suggest it. Cool. I'll, I'll check that. I'll definitely check that out. Juanito, who, who knew that Max was a Ghostbuster? That's awesome. Well, I'm not a Ghostbuster. I, you know, I just I got I got real interested because it's I, I don't know anything about it. And you know, when you hear these guys that who create who have created a living by chasing that stuff down, you get real interested by it. Wow. So, so we're gonna end the show with our kickback questions here. Uh, some rapid fire ones, Max. Um, first of all, we we will not stand for any Julio Urias slander on this show, and it seems no, uh, never. We we feel like he's gotten a little disrespected, especially when it comes to year end awards. Um, I get it that Sandy Alcantara had a great season, uh, but it just feels like it doesn't matter what Julio does; he's not going to get the recognition he deserves. And I started to see more people like Kershaw and Chris Taylor and your teammates like voicing, hey, man, this guy's really good. I mean, how much do we underappreciate what that guy does? I mean, if you go back to when he kind of broke into the league, I know he was kind of a, a spot start out of the bullpen. Um, he's been the same pitcher the whole time, and it's been very consistent, very good. Um you know, you need, you need five, six innings. He's your guy. He's going to give it to you every single time. Um, he's going to give you a chance to win every single time. And then on top of that, he's, you know, he, he wants the team to win. And you've seen that from him in the postseason where, you know, he makes a start, especially in uh, 2020, he'll make a start. And then for two straight games, he's coming out of the bullpen and closing games out or, you know, giving you just innings. And he, he's all he cares about is winning. And, um, you know, he's been one of our best pitchers and, there's no doubt about that. And I definitely feel like he, I definitely agree. He doesn't get some of the recognition he deserves. And, you know, look at his last two years, especially he's been borderline one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. You're going to, when it's all said and done, you're going to be able to say that you played with Clayton Kershaw. What was the thing that surprised you the most that you just did not expect playing alongside Clayton Kershaw? I think what I was talking about earlier, just, um, you know the the guy he he just absolutely gets after it on his on his uh his non start days. Um, you know there's no one that likes to have more fun than than Kirsch does in the clubhouse. But before he does that, he makes sure that his his work day is done. You know he's he's in the weight room, he's in the training room, he's in out on the field getting his reps, and he's he's doing what he needs to do to get better, and he's doing what he needs to do to get healthy. And uh, you know he's doing it 
just he's so competitive with everything that he does and you know he he does it to the best that he can then when he's done he's like all right we're gonna have some fun you know and it's it, it it's one of those things where you you know it's like he really shows guys like you don't have to make a compromise you can make sure that you do all the hard work and still have fun at the exact same time have you tried doing that baseball thing that he does with his hands where, where he <laughs> no. puts the baseball in between his fingers no my fingers aren't that aren't that long um you know i have uh I, I, have, I have real wide hands, but my fingers aren't very long, so I can't, you know, uh, if I get that really long fingers, be able to, to stuff that many baseballs in there. All right. Uh, East L.A. or the West Side? I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, That's I don't an know unfair question. I don't know if I have an answer for that. That's an unfair I, I mean, question. Because you don't, no, he doesn't, because you don't live in L.A., right? No, so I don't know. That's a um, so you don't get around to explore the city during the season. Is it just strictly all baseball? No, th- during the season, yeah, it's just you know I I go to the field, I come home, I go to the field, I come home. Um, you know my my off time is spent with my family, and you know it's whatever they want to do. Um, you know if they want to go out, then we'll go out and go explore. Um, you know, but a lot of times it's just we try to treasure the time that we have because you know during the season you're gone so much, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. So we just try to you know just spend whatever time we have together. Nice. We, we, we've seen you guys play against the Giants up in San Francisco in a playoff series. We saw you guys last year play against the show pods. We see the energy coming off of those fans and that opposed is, is it as exciting as it comes off through the TV? I mean, does it like do something for you guys to feel all that hate, all that negative energy directed towards you guys? Yeah, you know, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, the that, that Giants series a couple of years ago was incredible. And, uh, you know, the Padres series last year just took it to a whole nother level. Um, you know, and I, I absolutely hate admitting this because, um, you know, it, it, it kills me. But that series in San Diego, that was the most electric atmosphere that I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, it was pouring down rain at one point and not one person was leaving their seats. They were blaring music over the speakerphone that um, I think it was Blink-182 maybe and the entire stadium was singing it. And it was like, man, this is, I think at one point me and Trey kind of looked at each other and we were just like a little bit wide-eyed. We were like, man, holy cow. Um, you know, and it, like I said, it absolutely pains me to say that, but uh, it, it also gets me excited because I know um I know that our fan base can do even better than that. And, uh, you know, I, I know that we just have to get the, you know, the situation going and, um, you know, Dodger stadium is the best stadium out there. And, you know, with our fans, it can be absolutely rocking. And, uh, um, you know, it, it gets me really excited for the season. I know that. There you go. Dodger fans. The challenge has been, the gauntlet has been laid. So when severe plays the tigers of the North in the eighth <laughs> inning, you guys need to come out. You need to show Max that LA can represent. Uh, oh, they last... don't have to show. They don't have to show me anything. I already know. Um, they've already they've already showed me more than enough. Um, and you know that that's that's the biggest point I want to make is that uh, you know we have the best fans. There's no doubt about that, and I've seen it. So last one from me. Uh, I want to end the show like this. Uh, wrestling, professional wrestling, is the male soap opera. True or false? Uh, I don't know. I got no comment. 
<laughs> don't oh, be wow. Chris. Don't be like Chris Taylor, Max. And, and he, Chris Taylor, totally poo-pooed us because you know Chris Taylor wrestled in like middle school, right? And he told us that you know they don't watch that wrestling, and we're like, come on, man! Everybody, not even as a kid, Max, you never watched wrestling. No, as a kid, I did, but I was, you know, I was probably five, six, or seven years <laughs> old when that was going on. Um, He's a grown man now, one. You can't. You no, can't I just don't. I haven't. I literally haven't watched wrestling since I was probably seven or eight years old. So I don't have an answer for you. You know, back when I was doing it, it was the under. When I watched it, I remember it was the Undertaker, and you had Kane, and you had uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, and uh, the Attitude Era. Then you are a product of the Attitude Era. Yeah, that's that's what I remember. And you know, obviously, I was a kid, but I remember it being you know awesome. Um, but I literally haven't seen. A wrestling match since probably i was eight years old maybe so i don't really have a good answer for you on that no th- that's a good answer because see alonzo he's like me <laughs> i stopped watching wrestling when the golden age ended so for me <laughs> that's what wrestling is it's the golden age see but I here's where i have to throw the attitude era here's okay, where i have ahead. to throw the challenge flag because you also don't like collectibles you called them toys so at the same time my friend you cannot have you know <laughs> you can't you can't yeah, because you Both shouldn't be beating up kids to get toys. Oh, wow. you know what? Wow. One last thing, Max, you wow. got to prove this wrong. There's a theory out here that the other Max Muncy in Oakland has a baseball card that you signed, that someone is selling on eBay saying you signed. Is that true? I have no idea. Um, I, I have no idea. All right, there you go, babyface. Get on that. That guy's getting ripped off. That guy on eBay who's trying to sell it, saying that the Dodgers Max Muncy signed that. But anyways, so we know that you're an Undertaker fan, and and I accept that answer. But when you see Chris Taylor, let him know. Just admit it, man. It's okay to admit that at one point in your life you liked wrestling. I think everyone at one point liked it. Um, No, Chris Taylor poo-pooed us. You know, Mr. Shy Chris Taylor won't say anything bad about anybody. Totally I'm sure, judged I'm us. sure when he was seven or eight years old, like I was, he watched it. <laughs> Max, uh, uh, my last question that will set you loose. Uh, my employer, Utah football slash athletics is going to be playing your, uh, Baylor. I forget your, uh, your, your, the Baylor bears. bears. Um, forgive me. What do I need to do while I'm in Waco? Cause I'm going to be there for two days. <sighs> um, well, I feel like the obvious answer is the, the Magnolia silos. Um, it's the, the chip and Joanna, um place um you got to go to george's uh it's a it's a it's a bar uh get the crazy wings they're really good okay and then uh depending on how you're feeling you can do the gut pack from vtex um it's a pretty it's a we'll see how 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 you're feeling after that one (laughs) i i i don't know if i should be sketched out or (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, the the gut pack, you, you'll have to look it up. Um, I can't exactly remember. It's been a long time, but it's like um, it's like four, three or four different types of like barbecue meat with like beans and Fritos. And oh, uh, it's oh. all shoved into like a little box. So they call it the gut pack. OK, uh, noted. I uh, maybe that's what I'll pitch for our uh, team feed after the game, regardless of which way it goes. Uh, <laughs> Max Munson. No, they'll, yeah. they'll probably they'll probably do Rudy's. The, I feel like a lot of teams do Rudy's. Yeah. Yeah. We did that in, uh, Arizona, I believe. So it's, 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 you're, you're not wrong, but I will lobby for George's on, on Max Muncy's word. Number 13 <laughs> of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He said, we should get George's. If we don't get George's, someone should get arrested. Uh, Max, as always, we really appreciate you stopping by. You're a real one. 
and uh and, and ladies and gentlemen the most patient man in baseball max muncie uh stopping by and uh thanks again max yeah thanks for having me guys hey this is eric Gagne. you guys are watching bleed lowest podcast big thanks to max muncie for stopping by uh i as always the most patient man in baseball uh never ceases to amaze me because he I like how open he is and transparent he was one, as, as you pointed out several times, uh, with just about everything. But I also like how how real he is when it comes down to just just everything, whether it's the simplicity of the game, getting stuff to stick to the wall to make it work again. But also, he doesn't shy away from the slumps and how, and how it can affect a guy. Uh, what was what was your kind of takeaway from all that aside from you know the the transparency? Uh, my biggest takeaway was uh, he is a fan of the Attitude Era. <laughs> and uh, I just don't understand why people are so reluctant to admit that they're fans of wrestling. I, okay. I just, I don't get it. There's no shame. For those of you that are unaware, Chris Taylor poo-pooed, as, as Juan said, that's a direct quote from Juan Ramirez, the guy to my left, right box, whatever it is, um, about pro wrestling. So if you, if you listen to the show, we like pro wrestling. Uh, we like gimmicks. You know, they they talked to Mr. Ass, a.k.a. Daddy Ass, better known as Billy Gunn, uh, at the uh, CT3 Foundation. Ironically, uh, they spoke to him there. Uh, and, and Chris Taylor said that res- real wrestlers, that's, that's what he said, uh, do not like pro wrestling. Juan has clearly been slighted by that comment, and, and it carries on. Yeah, I mean, other than that, the thing that really... Uh the thing that sticks with me with Max Muncy, every time we talk to him, I feel like he's so serious. Like he's a serious guy that whenever he breaks out into a smile or even like laughs a little bit, I, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, you know? And the thing is, is this is a guy who I, I don't doubt he is in touch with his emotions yeah. because he's talked. And I mean, the first time he came on the show with us, he talked openly about the, the struggle, the mental, uh, how hard it was for him to go through it when he was going to quit baseball. He was really this close to quitting baseball, but it it was just, uh, I appreciated that he answered the question when I brought up the Philadelphia game, Babyface, Do you remember that game when he made the air and they lost? And then afterwards he answered all the questions. And I, I was just like, just play the sad music underneath him answering the questions because I felt so bad for him that he was out there alone and taking the fall for them losing the game. And unnecessarily, by the way, unnecessarily. So I, I, I appreciate that he's willing. And and I say this because I know there's a, I see a lot of comments and I'm guilty of this too. uh, But I see a lot of comments from fans who, you know, just very easily rip on these guys and say they suck and stuff like that. Like I saw a comment once where like players, they see interviews with Dodger players and the comment is just like, why aren't these guys talking about how embarrassed they are that they lost to the show pods? Like just really harsh. And it's just like, bro, I, I get it. I was like you, but like these guys are human beings, man. I mean, don't you think they wanted to beat the show pods? I mean, they didn't want to lose. And so to to see guys to see major leaguers actually openly talk, you know, about their failures. I mean, this is a sport about failure. Yeah. So the majority of the time, we are going to talk about how we didn't succeed. Well, and with that too, we asked about Dave Roberts, right? And I am the—I mean, I, I'm the self 
proclaimed conductor of the uh, tra Dave Robert Dave Roberts uh, appreciation train because the dude gets shit on so much, and I like how in in perspective Max really put it right because there's all the behind the scenes stuff that we don't get to see as fans right, and 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 it, that you know kind of peek into the clubhouse and the dynamic of the clubhouse, I think for me at least, I think it was important for fans to see because Dave, Dave doesn't follow the script. Right. And, and, and I know people think he's following the script. He's following the game notes, the Excel sheet, like, like Max points out, but I think it comes back down to what we've talked about quite a bit on this show. And it's appreciating Dave for what he is. He, he's an elite manager. He makes the thing go and he, he humanizes, you know, the, the guys like they should be. And, and I feel like giving Dave his flowers is appropriate, but I mean, at the same time, he's going to be, you know, the guy that, that is critiqued probably the hardest because of, you know, even at this show pod series, the, the decision-making, you know, it, it was brought into question and whatnot. So I think all in all, I, I think Max, to your point, I think he's, he's in tune with his feelings. Roger, I know you're not an attitude error guy, but what did you take of, uh, of, of Max's answer about the attitude error? Well, before that real quick, I think what really stood out to me though, about that part with Dave, where, where he said, um, he goes and he checks in with guys, how they're doing, how they're feeling, not just there at the park, like how's your home life, how's, how's your kids, how, and I think that's something important, that, that's pretty important to me, because like, how many times do you go to work and like, you feel like crap, maybe whatever, your kid's sick, your wife's sick, whatever, you had an argument, whatever, right, you're not all there, I mean, yes, I get it, they're professional baseball players, but still, they're humans, right, like you said, and I think that has a big, you know, a big part, you know, hey, this guy's kind of down a day, you know what, let's kind of give him the day, and, and we'll use him, you know, tomorrow, or the coming days right yeah. i think that that's pretty important that, that's something important that not a lot of people think of but yeah um yeah i don't know i don't know one one's starting to get upset with our with our guests so i don't know what we're gonna have to do with you know if, if they're not into wrestling i think i might have to kind of um, it? i'm gonna have to ask them ahead of time like hey there might be some wrestling questions uh i like i'm just gonna up. say this okay that video, you posted that video of Chris Taylor's response to the wrestling question. He did. He did. What was one of the comments to you on, on our Instagram? Do you remember that? Who commented? Uh, oh, Joe Bimo. The ambassador. The yeah. ambassador Joe Bimo called out Chris Taylor on his nonsense and said, ah, yeah, right. He's not into wrestling. See? The I, ambassador knows. The ambassador knows. So I think we need to build a squared circle and just hammer it out. I mean, I think that's that like get you and like a Chris Taylor and, and listen, my uh, he's a real wrestler, so I think he's gonna take you down. But <laughs> I, I think you know, since since you you are the ambassador of El Palenque, I think that's the only appropriate way to move forward and or build an octagon. I mean, either or works for me. Yes, but he will not be able to survive my aerial attack. Uh, <laughs> I've mastered the ropes. Uh, I'll be dropping double X handles from the top rope. Double X handles. Okay. If you don't know what that is, YouTube it. Don't ask. Don't just be cautious about what you YouTube on far as far as that goes. Um, I, I the other takeaway I took from it, obviously the human element, but also you know I, I mean pointedly asked him how he feels about this team. And I mean I'm of the party that I think this team is going to be good. I don't think honestly. I mean a lot of people think they're going to be taking several steps back. Um, I think this team is is going to be right where they were last year as far as, you know, when it's all said and done, winning the division, going into the postseason, all that stuff. And I like the answer. He feels good about it. He's excited about the young guys. 
and we've talked about it. It's a youth movement. And, and I liked also the guys that he kind of threw out there that he was excited about. Vargi, friend of the Cardenasada. Gavin Stone would like him to be a friend of the Cardenasada. Uh, Michael Grove, legit. So, I mean, it, th- that was also interesting to hear because he, he didn't seem concerned, right? And you hear all these fans that are not mad about, you know, the, the sexy moves. And, and he's keeping it real. Hey, you know, we're, we're right where we need to be. And we're letting them rip. And, and I think, you know, I, I, I would agree with that. What do you guys think? I actually, let me, Roger first, please. Roger. I mean, I was telling you guys before, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see these guys play. Um, you know, like last year, like we're, I was telling you guys, Dodgers on paper, right, were the best team, right? Did yeah. that work out like as the best team? No, right? So on paper, and off the, off paper, right? It's two different two different teams, right? So, right now on paper, hey, maybe people are like, I'm not so excited about this team on paper as I was last year, but look look at how it ended up, right? So, let's see how this end. We we got spring training. We have a full season ahead of us. We don't know what's going to happen, and like I said, uh, I mean, maybe we don't need to be ranked as oh the top team. This is a team that's just going to walk through the league, you know? Maybe maybe this is a team that's gonna that's gonna get them to the World Series this year and win it. And according to I was telling Juan last last episode, um, according to MLB.com, they're winning the World Series this year over the Blue Jays. And there you have it. Show's over. We don't even <laughs> don't even, there's no point in having any more shows. See you guys all in the parade. See you yeah. guys all in October. That worked out for the Rams too. <laughs> yeah, look, this is what I'm gonna say. Um friend of the Cadena Sada, the California sports lawyer, Jeremy Evans said this. I'm so I'm gonna steal his line. <laughs> but I'm going to give him credit for it. Fair. For it. He had told me, he was just like, the Dodgers were 22 games better than the show pots last year. And I get that it's a completely different team. Do you, He asked me, he goes, Juan, do you think the show pods are 22 games better than the Dodgers? No. And I, I don't know the answer to that. I do think, like Max said, he thinks the young guys are going to struggle in the beginning. And that might be the difference in them winning the division. But if they get into the wild card, and Babyface and I have talked about this a lot, as long as they're playing well towards the end of the season and they get in, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. So I'm, I'm not putting that same level of importance on winning the division because I do expect those young guys to struggle. Or at some point during the season – there's going to be a little bit of a funk, and that might be the difference that separates the show pods from the Dodgers. But if the Dodgers get in, and who knows what trades, what additions they make at the end of the, you know, after the trade deadline, I, I'm just, uh, I, I, I'm very curious. I'm rooting for these young guys. I want these young guys to succeed. So um, I, I don't expect them to win the division, but I definitely expect them to be in playoff contention. I have a hot take. I, I do think they are 22 games better than the Padres. But Max Muncy said it himself. Contract year for some of these guys. Udias, Muncy, others. Kershaw, could be this. Could this be the swan song? Don't know, but it's a one-year deal. What I'm getting at is there's going to be guys that are going to play really hard because they, you know, they're in, in some cases they're playing for a job next year, right? Could be with the Dodgers, could be somewhere else. But also the young guys are going to play with the chip on their shoulder because you're walking into a clubhouse where Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Julio Diaz, Clayton Kershaw are all there. They're there every day. And then you got guys like Kersh who's still, you know, he's been in the show for what feels like fucking 15 years, 20 years, 
is still going hard and he gets after it, right? So so you have – I feel like this is a good opportunity, like we talked about when we were in L.A. all together, <laughs> where that cultural reset will come to a head and it'll be able to, to get this team going in the right direction. Do I expect them to win the World Series? No, I don't. If I'm honest, no. But I think – I mean, we've talked about it before. I think the Greg Popovich mentality is, is the move um, as far as win and just get in and just do the thing, right? Because – if we're being honest, if you compare super teams, the big three era, how did that work out for Miami? From 2010 to 2014, they got two championships. Dodgers have one. Where, you know, and you're only three years removed from that championship. That wasn't that long ago. And you still have a good chunk of that core. So, I mean, it's I think it's going to be a fun season just because of guys like Miguel Vargas, you know, Gavin Stone. You know, you keep hearing these names, and now you actually get to see them. And so, so that's why I think it's going to be fun. But I like Jaw Face Max because if Jaw Face Max is any indicator of what this team is going to be, that means we're, it's going to be a fun season and they're just going to rake. Uh, on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap this guy up. Huge thanks to Max Muncie uh, and congratulations to his Cowboys as of this podcast for advancing to the next round. Uh, we didn't want to jinx anything. That's not a jinx, Roger. So, uh, so don't uh, don't bring that into play. Let me well, guess, well, jinxes well, aren't well. real. We'll see on Monday because this this will, the day this drops, uh, we'll we'll know what happens with the Cowboys. Well, if there's condolences that need to be issued to him, we can do that after the fact. But uh, this episode well, you, was, what? I was gonna, so you could do you could do it now as well, you know. But here's the thing, right? Is I don't want to be that guy because you claim that jinxes aren't real. They're real. Come on, Juan. They're who, who are who are they playing? They are playing the San Francisco 49ers. Go oh, Cowboys, Los Angeles. The, <laughs> Uh, if you don't know, the, the running bit is Roger. The the I, I don't know. I didn't know if you guys know this, but Roger uh, wrote the sports bylaws of fandom, and you cannot be a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco 49ers because I truthfully I don't I don't know how football hey, and baseball. Hey, hey Alicia, Alicia tweeted that out the other day and started up a right. A but let's be, listen, she's a very diplomatic person. You, you know that's 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 her shtick. The 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 La Princesa de Picolandia. You are a, an ironic baby face gimmick. <laughs> I mean, that's just because it's in the name doesn't mean that. You, I mean, you're, you're a heel, Roger. You're a heel. I'm not a heel. I'm a, <laughs> the big, it's uh, in the name, baby face. Regardless, uh, he. I didn't know if you guys knew this. This man is the the uh, the historical president of, of sports fandom bylaws. And if you are a fan of any Los Angeles sports teams, you cannot be a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know how that applies with the Raiders, right? Because they left, they came, they, they left to other places and then, but they're still, so I don't get it. The math doesn't add up is what I'm getting at. It's all right. They're, well, they're, we'll discuss Raiders. it next time when, when Alicia's on the show, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. But again, it, the, the, the math still doesn't add up whether it's Alicia here supporting your argument or not. You can't do the two for two, my guy. We're still at a stalemate. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, uh, big thanks to Max Muncy uh, for stopping by. This episode was presented by our partners at BetOnline. If you head on over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code, which is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you want to go bet on football, bet on over to bet online. Uh, that's what myself and Juanita will be doing because our teams are not in the playoffs, as is Rogers, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so hopefully we make some money. Probably won't, but that's how it goes. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. 
uh, from your boys, Alonso Juan and the baby face gimmick in the sky. Ironic name, Roger. Uh, thanks for joining us and we will catch you down the road on the next one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.